Well, for the sermon this morning, I want to start off with a couple of uh, interactive questions. So I want you just to engage with me on a couple of questions here. So get ready to raise your hand because, you know, confession is good for the soul. And so we're going to take some time to process some things through today. So who here this morning, raise your hand with me if you've ever had to admit that you were wrong. Anyone? Anyone? Are you lying over there, you guys in the middle? I don't know. John, really? No? Uh, okay. Who enjoyed admitting they were wrong? A couple of you, lots of humility there. Great, great, good. Well, it's such a funny thing because it's so hard for us to admit that we're wrong. And even when we recognize that we're wrong, we still want to hold on to the sense that we're right. And inside, we know somewhere that if we admit we're wrong, we can grow and we can develop and we can change. We probably know also that even the other people in our lives will value us and respect us more if we can admit that we're wrong, but we just have such a hard time doing it. So let's ump the ante just a little bit, just to make this a little more controversial this morning. So if you're married, I want you to think about your spouse. If you're not married, I want you to think about a really good friend in your life. And what I want you to do is raise your hand if your spouse is really good at admitting that they're wrong. This is going to be a telling moment. Anybody here? There's a few of you. Good, good, good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's, that, that was like a gracious half hand up. That was kind of like a, well, maybe, maybe occasionally. Um, we had a good conversation about this last night, actually, and Maria was like, well, I think maybe eventually you sometimes get there. So anyway, that's kind of, yeah. Anyway, I thought about reversing this and asking you to raise your hand if your spouse was terrible at it, but I thought it's Mother's Day and we don't want to cause too much tension, uh, you know, in the car on the way home because that would spoil lunch and it just wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, anyway, we're in a series called Remarkable, exploring the life of Jesus because we want to know him so much more as he's given us this task to make him known. And today we're looking at a passage that is filled with really, really good questions. And this passage highlights for us the importance of the ability to admit and recognize when we're wrong and move in a different direction. So if you have a Bible or Bible app with me, I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 11, and we'll start in verse 27 together. Again, if you don't have any of those things with you, it's fine. I'll read the passage to us as well. So Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 27. They arrived again in Jerusalem. And while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked him. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, uh, they feared the people, for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. And so our passage today starts off with a really important question. And let's remember the context of this passage. Just a couple of days before, Jesus has ridden into Jerusalem as king, riding on a donkey with crowds all around him, proclaiming loudly, Hosanna, blessed be the son of David, glory to God in the highest, in a way that proclaimed that he was the king, the long-awaited Messiah. And as Pastor Michael talked to us about a couple weeks ago, Jesus went into the temple the next day and started um, aggressively rearranging the furniture. He started throwing out the, the, um, the merchants and the tables and all the things that were in the court of Gentiles to try and recreate a space where everyone could worship. And so now again, Jesus shows up in the temple courts, and we read, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. 
By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you authority to do this? Again, this just makes sense. The chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders, these are the people responsible for what's going on in the temple. These are the people who are responsible to make sure that God is worshipped rightly and appropriately and well. They're stewarding this trust to lead people into the presence of God. And so when Jesus comes riding in as King and Messiah, and when he starts aggressively rearranging the furniture in the temple, they're coming to him and saying, who has given you authority to do these things? And again, for example, if someone came in this morning and started aggressively rearranging the furniture, we also might ask them by whose authority they're planning to do this thing. Who told them that this was okay? Who gave them the power to do these things? And so their question's not wrong. Again, we recognize by this point in time, this group of people has sort of written Jesus off. They're very cynical. They're very suspicious of him. They're even hostile towards him. But the question itself is not a bad question. And it reminds me of the fact that for so many of us, we have questions as well. As we go through this journey of life and relationship with Jesus, we also have significant questions. We have questions about who he is and how things are going. And maybe today you're here and you don't yet know Jesus and you're trying to decide, do I really believe in him? Is he really worth engaging with? Again, maybe you know some Christians and you're beginning to explore this idea, but you recognize it's going to cause some change and some moments in your life. And so you're just asking some good questions. Those are important and those are valid. And also for many of us who already know Jesus, we continue to have questions. We continue to wrestle through things. Maybe, for example, you're wrestling through and you're trying to explore this concept of how do I understand Jesus' teaching on money or on sex or on contentment or on all that he, that he explains about what the kingdom of God is meant to look like? How do I engage these things in my life and in my experience? And we wrestle with these questions. And the questions in and of themselves are good and important and right. We need to ask these questions to understand more freely and completely who Jesus is and the goodness of what he's calling us to do as well. And so this morning, what are your questions for Jesus? What are the questions that rage in your heart and in your mind? Again, maybe for some of us, you're asking the question, Jesus, are you real? Jesus, are you God? Maybe we're asking, Jesus, are you really worth following? Or are you worth following with everything? Jesus, what do I do with all the pain and the hardship and the agony in the world around me? Jesus, what do I do with this illness in my body? Jesus, how am I supposed to handle the complexity of life and family and all the things that I'm raging through? What are the questions that are burning in your heart? What are the things that you're wrestling with in your walk with Him? And so let's just take a minute right now, we'll pause kind of a third of the way into the sermon here, and just ask Jesus those questions. Again, we recognize that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is present with us in these moments. This is a beautiful and a sacred opportunity that we have. And so let's just ask him. Just take a minute and ask Jesus the questions that are on your heart.
And so when these leaders come to Jesus and they ask him their questions, Jesus doesn't just give a simple response. We read, Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. Again, Jesus knows everything that's going on in the hearts and minds of each person. He understands fully where these, this particular group of men are at. He recognizes that they were cynical of John, that they didn't really believe in John. He recognizes that they're not sure about who he is now, that they're maybe even fully hostile to Jesus and his intentions in the world. And Jesus wants to draw to the surface what's present within their hearts. And so Jesus comes back from their question with a question of his own. He says, what did you really think of John's baptism? And on the surface, this is a funny, kind of tricky, challenging question, but in the heart of Jesus, there's so much going on. Because Jesus is always seeking to bring clarity and to bring light and love and truth and strength. And I imagine that in Jesus' heart, he's giving them a unique opportunity. Jesus is saying to them, now in retrospect, looking back on John's ministry and all that God accomplished through John, what do you think now? As you look and see the fruit that was produced, the lives that were changed, the people that were transformed, the many, many people who engaged in life and relationship with God differently, what do you think of John's ministry now? Because you see, Jesus realizes if they could accept John, they also could accept him. And so Jesus is granting them a unique opportunity for redemption. On the surface, this seems to them like just a very tricky question, but what Jesus is doing is saying, can you now acknowledge the truth? Do you have the humility right now to admit that you were wrong and to engage with something different? Do you have the humility to move forward, to acknowledge the truth of who John was and then who I am so that you can receive life and redemption? And again, it's interesting for us because I think Jesus so often does this with us as well. When we come to him with the challenges, with the questions that we have, with the things that we're wrestling through in the deep places of our hearts, Jesus will also come back to us with a question or a challenge. Again, maybe you come to Jesus and you're frustrated and you say, Jesus, why is the world so broken? Jesus, why is there so much pain in our lives, in our experience, and in our existence? And in my own life, I've sometimes had Jesus say back to me, Andrew, what are you going to do about it? I have filled you with my spirit and my presence and my power. What are you going to do about it? And again, for some of us, we go through life and there's a particular area where we, we are constantly resisting the presence of God. And we recognize that every now and then, Jesus comes back to us and says, are you willing to deal with this now? Are you willing to say yes to me here now? Are you willing to experience redemption here right now? And sometimes Jesus comes to us with the question, why are you so afraid? What's driving your fear? And on the surface, these questions can feel to us like condemnation. On the surface, they can feel to us like just a challenge to do more or to accomplish more. But what Jesus is always seeking to produce is life and redemption and fullness. He's asking us to ask these questions so they can bring to the surface what's really playing out in the depths of our hearts so that we can experience life. In my own journey, I found this in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I didn't grow up really understanding a lot about who the Holy Spirit was or engaging deeply with the fullness of his presence in my life. And over the course of time, he, God began to point out to me that there was so much more that he wanted to give to me. But in order to receive more of the fullness of the life of the Spirit in my life, I needed to have the humility to admit that I was wrong. Or at least that my perspective on who God was was incomplete. 
I need to step in the vulnerable space of saying there was so much more that I needed to learn and that I needed to grow in. I needed to let go of control and the ways that I wanted God to work or not to work in or through my life. Again, Jesus would ask me questions about this. Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to, tra- to change? Are you willing to release control? And again, he led me through a journey to say, do you have the humility to embrace the goodness of all that I have for you? And it wasn't always a smooth journey. And he challenged me to pursue him for a long time before I experienced more and more of the goodness of his life within me. But you see, Jesus asks us these questions because he wants to draw to the surface what's really playing out within our hearts. And sometimes when Jesus asks us a question, we need to ask him, why does this question really matter? What are you really saying to me underneath this? What's the issue that you want to surface? Where is there hardness in my heart that you want to bring change to? Where is there more of yourself that you're inviting me into? What is the life you want to produce in me? And so this morning, what do you think Jesus' questions for you might be? Again, maybe Jesus is asking you today, why are you so angry? Because he wants to point out what's underneath that. Maybe today he's asking you, why are you so afraid? Today, maybe he's asking you, do you really trust me? Maybe he's asking you, are you finally willing to do all those things that I've asked you to do? Are you willing to pursue me fully? And Jesus asks us these questions never to condemn us and always to move us towards life because his intentions for us are so very, very good. And so this morning, let's just take a moment I want to encourage you, just ask Jesus, Jesus, what are your questions for me? Jesus, what are the challenges that you have for me? Jesus, what do you want to say to me? And again, if you hear something dark or condemning that's not the voice of Jesus, you can just push it off to the side. But again, just ask Jesus, what do you want to say to me? What are your questions for me today?
And so when Jesus asks these leaders about John's baptism, this could have been a beautiful moment. This could have been a moment of powerful redemption. This could have been a moment of salvation and recognition of the wonder of who Jesus is. But instead, this is what we read. They discussed it among among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask us, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they feared the people, for everyone held that John really was a prophet. And so they answered Jesus, we don't know. Again, this could have been so beautiful. Jesus asks this question, and it brings to the surface of their hearts all that is really going on. They still do not believe that John the Baptist was sent by God. They still are not willing to move forward. And even worse than that, these people who've been entrusted with leading others into the truth have a conviction that John was not from God, but they're not even willing to say that publicly because they're afraid of the people. What is present in their hearts is self-preservation and self-promotion. What is present in their hearts is the fact that they just simply do not want to look foolish. Even if some of them in the group maybe did believe in John, they're not willing to acknowledge it because they don't want Jesus to ask the follow-up question of why then didn't you believe? Because they would have had to say, because I was proud or because I was afraid. But can you imagine what would have happened if they would have said that? Can you imagine the way that Jesus could have led them through their pride and through their fear into a place of loving redemption and transformation? If they could have acknowledged the spaces where they were broken and weak, how Jesus could have poured his life and his fullness into them. And for those who are just hard and cold and indifferent, they just can't even acknowledge the truth. They are more afraid of the crowd than they are of the judgment of God. They are more afraid of the crowd than they are desiring and longing to walk in and to live into the fullness of his truth. And Jesus surfaces all of this with a single question. And passages like this I find so intensely challenging because it asks me the question, where are the places in my own soul where I'm more concerned with self-preservation or with image management? Where are the places where I care more about what the people around me will think of me than I do about the glory and the wonder of what God thinks of me? Where are the places where I'm caught in fear or in pride or a desire to just please everyone around me, even at the expense of the goodness and the glory of God or the health of my own soul? You see, this one moment could have been powerful and amazing, but they just can't get there. And so Jesus responds, then neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. And as I've been thinking about this passage, could you imagine what it would feel like to sit in the presence of Jesus and just have this conversation? Can you imagine what it would look like to sit in the presence of Jesus and have him explain to you where his authority comes from? The fact that the glory of the Father resides in the fullness of his presence. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine what it would be like to hear Jesus explain to you? I don't know that he would have gone this far, but have Jesus explain to us the intricacy of what it was like that the power and the glory of God poured through his words in creation to form and to fashion everything that is. Can you imagine what it would be like to hear Jesus explain how it works in his interrelationship with the Father and with the Holy Spirit that he's able to heal and restore and free and transform the lives of others, to explain the wonder and the glory of what takes place within the very heart and mind of the Trinity? Can you imagine that moment? And they pass all of this up because there's just so much fear, because there's such a deep desire to appease the crowd because they don't want to let go of the power and the authority of their position. 
And so much gets lost. And so this morning, how does this play out for you? What are the things that hold you back from walking into a greater experience of the fullness of the presence of God? Where are the places where it's self-promotion or fear or the desire to be liked by everyone else or to maintain a sense of, of composure? What is it that holds you back from the fullness of all that Jesus invites you into? Again, I want to take you back to whatever it was that Jesus challenged you with just a few minutes ago. I want to ask you the question, what is your response to Jesus? Again, because the reason that Jesus brings all of these things up is always to produce life and clarity and goodness and peace. And so today, what's your response to him? Let's just take a minute and just process with Jesus whatever your response to him might possibly look like this morning. So, Lord, today we ask that you would grant us your unique grace. We thank you for the ways that your Spirit challenges us to produce more and richer and more complete life within us. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for the ways that we see your challenges as intrusions on our comfort or on our security or in the clarity of what we are creating our life to be. And we ask you, Jesus, to give us a renewed perspective of the truth, to see life through your eyes to engage with you passionately and powerfully, to see the wonder and the goodness of all that you are giving to us. Grant us your perspective, we pray. Give us the humility that we need to admit where we are wrong and the strength and the capacity to pursue you passionately for the wonder and the fullness of all that you are giving to us. We thank you today that we're not outside, but that we find ourselves uniquely and wonderfully in your throne room, that we can sit before you We can ask the questions that are on our hearts. We can receive from you the challenges and the questions that you have for us. And that in your grace, you will lead us forward. And so, Jesus, we offer this time to you. Would you guide us close? Would you just help us to recognize the truth of who you have created us to be and take us further and deeper in our walk with you?